0: Hello and welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast. I'm Jesse, the race boss, and we are back for another week of getting to know more 2024 R2AK teams. Once again, I'm joined by the one and only lead instigator and premier shit disturber, Jake Beatty. Hey, Jesse. So glad to be here. Jake, you've been up north quite a bit in the Race to Alaska course. That's probably why you put the race there, because you like it. Uh, I'm wondering, besides all of the places we talk about a lot, Seymour Narrows, Johnstone Strait, hip caution. Is there anywhere up there that fans and racers alike need to go see before they die?
1: Well, those are pretty good ones, though. Well,
0: they're good ones.
1: Like, Seymour Narrows, you lost your mind when you saw Seymour and I did. It's a
0: mind-losing place. It certainly is, yeah. If you want to go back and see me acting like an idiot with broken glasses
1: on the water, go search through the YouTubes. I mean, it's there's so many, other than, like, staying away from the sin dens of Kelsey Bay... <laughs> like I think pretty much anywhere along the race track, it's it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been
0: uh, well, hey well you talked to someone recently who's going to be up there soon who's already spent a little bit of time up there that is Derek Desonois which we learned how to pronounce
1: I believe you, you. did well you I did. heard how to pronounce it but I didn't learn clearly of team Skoftich his, 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 his team names are irritating but I love yes it. it's good
0: okay let's stop BSing and hear what Derek has to say
1: okay let's we'll, we'll start this in uh five four three two hey so this is Jake Beatty created the race to Alaska and now race to Alaska podcast gadfly I'm here with Derek uh the, the how do you Derek how do you pronounce your name Desanois. Desanois. it's, Desanois. it's, it's fr- French ancestry. it's fantastic okay that's great uh, so I'm here with Derek Desanois and uh from team and the other
2: thing I also can't <laughs> pronounce is your team name Derek. <laughs> okay, team Schofter. And that needs a little bit of explanation. Um, please, I'll, please. My native Dutch uh, in my native Dutch, uh Schofter in the, the the King's Dutch is basically means uh, pulling a dirty trick on somebody. But if I like uh, this this is good. This yeah. Is a good word. Now, can you say however, it again? Schofter. However. Skoftig. If you if you bastardize it in the language of the area, the, the, the dialect where I come from, Skofter with a K, it actually means amazing. Amazing. So, there you go. so it's either dirty yeah.
1: trick. It's either dirty trick or amazing. That's correct. I like this. I like this language a lot. Why did you choose this? Why
2: did you choose uh, this name? Okay, when I was building the boat, I was over in Holland. Um uh, of Christmas and New Year. This is a, a number of years ago. And I was walking around with my father and through the village late in the evening, just chatting about stuff. And in New, in New Year's Eve, all the Dutch fire off, you can buy legally fireworks and fire it up. And we're walking around and we're sort of talking about, you know, boat names. And all of a sudden I see this uh, placard hanging on a light post saying, the fireworks for sale. You know, amazing fireworks for sale. That's it. That's the name of the boat. <laughs> you know, because in that context, it was of course amazing. So therefore,
1: that's a that's great. I love that. It's also like the thing I identify with. In the in the minute you said that, I was like, "That's race to Alaska." It is either amazing or it's a dirty trick. And like, isn't it? It, it, it is true. It is. Yeah.
2: It is perfect. <laughs>
1: At some point, I'm going to want to talk to you about... Uh, if, do you have a lot of connections in in in, in the Netherlands?
2: Uh, a, a big family, a lot of cousins. Um, so, yes, we've got a rather rather large WhatsApp group to keep in touch with. Uh, my family, my parents are still there. Uh, my brothers, some of my brothers, and a large amount of cousins.
1: Well, that's, so this is not for the podcast, and we will edit this out because it it's not relevant <laughs> at all. But, like... <laughs> For, for now, it was five years, and then COVID happened, so it became a seven-year plan. I'm I'm gonna take a year off with my family, and our plan at the moment, and it's a totally it's a it's a conceptual plan that I really need help like figuring out if it's actually feasible. I want to I'm in love with Dutch sailing barges.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I can wanna, relate to that.
1: I want to go buy. I'm gonna. I want to buy one. And then drive it through Europe and then go sailing in the black and Aegean Sea.
2: Yeah, that's perfectly possible. Um, my my parents used to have, uh, in the younger years, used to have a 40-foot canal boat. And they've been from where they live in the northwest corner of Holland. They've been parked in the center of Bar- uh, Paris, Berlin, uh, you know, through Germany, through Belgium and all that stuff. These canals go everywhere. And... There's a the canal of the BD which takes you right down to the Mediterranean yeah. if you want to. Um, I even my dad investigated at some stage, uh, being the capitalist that he is, uh, that he wanted to take it to Moscow. And yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, you can. It takes a long time. There's a lot of locks. And there's a lot of canals. A lot of rivers, but it's possible. Yes, he never actually ended up doing it because he's getting too old for them for then. But it's it's absolutely possible.
1: So. Uh, we just talked about how unpronounceable your team name and your last name are to my mouth. That's right. Uh, yes. The only thing that might <laughs> that might mock them your 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 name more or I don't know mock is the wrong word. Do you know that when you Google your name, what comes <laughs> up is like ah. you being rescued off of the coast, like it's your interview with your rescuers in the from uh, from some what? tragic problem you were having.
2: Off the coast of Australia, that's correct, and that happened about three years ago or something. Three years, three years ago now. I used to have a, a, a an s thirty four, a thirty four foot sailing boat for years, and loved it. And you know, sailed it to New Zealand back and forth and stuff. And during COVID, um, I wanted to do that again, but couldn't because of you know, um, COVID border border restrictions. Yes. So even my wife suggested to get it out of your system, um, sail around Australia. Um, so I did, or at least tried to do that. Um, and off Western Australia, so I made it kind of halfway from Brisbane all the way around to Western Australia. And in bad seas uh, in the Indian Ocean, the mast snapped, punched a hole in the hull before I could cut it free. Cut um, a kind of long story short um, you know, you always hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And basically, I had to abandoned the boat and got helicoptered out of a life raft five hours, six hours later back on land. So that's what you found. Yes, it's true. That actually happened.
1: I mean, your adventure resume, um, preceding that is Mm. like truly remarkable. Like you have, you were sailing uh, in ways more than just like club sailing, but like since you were 16 in like solo sailing around Europe, You've had Southern Ocean stuff. You've had Pacific Northwest stuff. You went through Cape Horn, Circumnavigation, Transatlantic. Mm. uh, And that's just on the sailing side. And then, like, Ironman races. You biked across Australia. And then, like, in that moment, how, like, I've been on both sides of a maiden.
2: Yeah.
1: How... How did it feel to be on that side?
2: Um, it's um, I don't know. I was I was calmer, I think, than I thought I would be, because it was for obviously a first time for me. But um, so what happened, and I always had that from my previous adventures, even before I leave the harbor, or as I'm leaving the harbor here, say in Brisbane, you've got a life raft, you've got a grab bag, and in your head, especially since you're alone, you're always going around. as like, what if? What would I do if the worst case would happen right now? And I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I always have that in the back of my head. I, I Maybe that comes back from the, the time when I was working on super yachts. And, you know, when you get new crew on board, you got to instruct them on like how it all works. You know, what if? Um, the boat sinks or what is? if there's a man overboard and you do you practice in that. And so um, when push came to shove, initially I, I thought in this particular case that the master's overboard, I lost my rig, well, that's too bad. What am I going to do now? So I sit there for a little while then wander down below decks and notice that there's water well above the floorboards already and realize then that there's more to it than, you know, Um, yeah. uh, It's a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit of a hard starter. There's no doubt about that. And maybe there was, I don't know, I can't remember, if there was a slight sense of panic there for a moment. But apart from that, I've got an EPIRB, I've got a life raft, and it's kind of like, what choice do you have? And just, you know as long as you've got time to set that all off, it's really not that – it's a drama because you lose your boat and it's scary for a little while. But um, I've been in situations before, and you don't know that until it happens way back in my military time, where we've I was in really dicey situations where um, I, I sort of realized recognize as it like well that was exciting and now life goes on and that's the only way i can explain it you yeah. know it, it's it's sure it's it's scary and and all that stuff but then you move on and uh as i mentioned before i've been in in play in, in the situations where i've been shot at and the people i was with were having PTSD after that. And for me, it ended up being just a good story at the bar that got me a couple of free beers. You know Mm. what I mean? And that's how I approached a lot of things. And I'll just...
1: Yeah. How So how long between that rescue... How long did it take for you to get on the water again?
2: Oh, not very long. Well, first of all, I didn't have a boat. but Well, no, I do have a boat because uh, I had a little... I had skofta, right? I was already, I had that already. So, um, and I'm building a new boat, a small one, six meters, just for here on, the 20 foot, just for here on Morton
1: Bay. And in in your experience, like, it's clear that you know that you need to have spares.
2: (laughs) Yes, this is true. Well, you know, the, the ideal amount of boats is whatever you have plus one. Right, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got, I had three, oh, I had two then, and now back to one and a half. One is half built, and the other one is about to go in a crate to, uh, Seattle. So, yes.
1: Well, uh, so I'm going back, I'm going back to your, your, your illustrious career, your impressive career, you know, on the water, like, a lot of big stuff, uh, transatlantic circumnavigation. Uh, super yachts like this is like you know pretty high cotton and now race to Alaska which uh, when I was when I was reading your resume it made me think of like um, back when I was in school I remember being like rejected by successively worse looking girls (laughs) and I wondered if we were basically your version of Rachel Gebhardt. Like, no. are we the are we the only
2: one who said yes? Um, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I'd like to do things of which I'm not entirely sure whether I can actually do them. You know, uh, but, the have that has that happened before? I mean, other than singing a oh, well, boat, I'm, like
1: I'm you, trying you, to sail like across
2: Australia. Like, so that's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, it was another one of those things. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a, a race slash ride. And, yeah, it's, uh, it, and it's in the same vein as the Race to Alaska. It's unsupported, but it has its set course. Um, there's a Facebook page connected to it and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was one of those things that I heard about it. And you kind of wonder, could I do that? So I need to find that out because I don't want to – be on my deathbed and wondered if I could do that. I need to find out. And some things work, like you know, right across Australia and other things, and sometimes some things don't work, like sailing around Australia. But now at least I know. Fair. So, like, why race to Alaska? Oh my god. Okay. Um, so in my super yacht days, the last boat I worked on, we did a round-world trip and spent the whole, well, most of this whole summer and then some Based in Vancouver, doing trips up and down the Inside Passage. Hmm. Needless to say, I completely fell in love with the place. Isn't it amazing? It's, it's so just, it's, it's amazing. I I cruised on boats in the Mediterranean, in in the in the South Pacific, and in Asia and stuff. And I said, there is no comparison. There is it's just so no wild. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to people that cruise up. I've met a lot of people that cruise around the world. It's like, have you been to the Pacific Northwest? No. What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know? So anyway, um, so that fast forward about 11 years ago, Heather and I getting married and we're looking at a um, uh, honeymoon. And part of that was uh, uh, spent hiking on Vancouver Island. And then for three weeks, we hired, hired this tiny little sailing boat out of Nanaimo and spent three weeks just bombing around Princess Louise Inlet to Desolation Sound up to the Octopus Islands. And it just like, and Mm. you know, Mm. enough said, enough said really. It was wonderful. So then in 2015 or just before that, I see, and it's usually, it would have been on like the Sailing Anarchy website or Scuttlebutt, something about this strange little race, through the inside passage from Ta- Port Townsend to Ketchikan, and I mean, look, to me personally, it was an absolute no-brainer. One year, I got to do this. So, I mean, it, it, from the beginning, it, it was it was pretty simple. Right? I, I need to do this. So we're we're like a. I mean, we might not be the
1: last person to say the first person to say yes, but like, it's safe to say like. In the priorities, we made it to year, we made it before year 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's, yeah, that's a pretty faint compliment there, Derek.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, look, I was, to be perfectly honest, I was all set up. I I, I, I got Colin's plans in 2018, built the boat. Well, hold on. Slow. We're,
1: we're going to pause because uh, you're referring to the boat that you're building. Oh, which sorry, yes. Built, which is a row cruiser from the design of Colin Angus, who was actually one of the first, he was actually, I don't know if you know this story, Derek, but like he was the first person I talked to after I got the idea for the race to Alaska. And I was like, Colin, I think this is the thing. He's like, what do you think? He's like, yeah, I think that's a thing. And then like, I kind of forgot about it. And then like nine months later, uh, he came to give his presentation about his around the world trip and we were having dinner yeah. beforehand and he said so what about what about the race what are you are you gonna do it i was like <laughs> oh and, and he kind of in his very like very canadian very polite yeah, like yeah. get off the get off the dime buddy like he <laughs> cajoled me into hello in the background he cajoled me into <laughs> uh into making it happen
2: yeah 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 so uh yeah uh, so i, I built the road cruiser but it took me a little while because I don't like sitting backwards, so I wanted to have a pedal drive, so I sit forward. And also, of course, growing up in Holland, you cycle everywhere, so you yeah. um, know it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. But it took me a while to figure out how to make that work. But and so, like, I went,
1: and can I, Can we pause there for a second? Because, like, what is interesting about uh, there are there have been a number of pedal drive inventions and innovations through the race for Alaska it, for which I just I marvel the whole time. Um, mm. Your pedal drive is a face forward propeller drive as opposed to like many of them use that Hobie Wave sort of like penguin flipper technology. But you're like, not that. It's too easy. Why, it's, it's why not, the propeller versus the flipper for all of the for all the pedal drive nerds out
2: there? Uh, uh, it's not so necessarily it's too easy. It, 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 a couple of different reasons. The, the movement of your feet back and forth instead of going into a circle like normal cycling is a bit awkward to me. Uh, secondly, cycling is all I know. Uh, but I don't think these flipper drives are powerful enough. Mm. And so I was looking for something that actually drove a propeller. And I found that in uh, Paul Gardsides. Any boat builder in especially in the US knows who Paul Gardside is. He built a pedal drive boat in uh early nineties called Blue Skies. And you can oh. you can get you can get the plans of Duckworks at the moment. And that had this thing built in, and I saw that, but a really vague description on the internet. So I thought, I don't even know if Paul's still alive or whether he's. So I found an email address, sent him a request, and he just sent he just sent me a message back. Send me twenty bucks, and I send you the plans. So I made this bevel gear pedal, uh, a gearbox, and it's wonderful. You know, it's comfortable as. Um, uh, and and combined with a very comfortable recumbent seat and a you know pushing all that stuff, I can hopefully do this for a very long time in a row.
1: Okay, that's 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 fair. That's good. Yeah. Um. One of the one of the things that I think is interesting about your progression of boats that mirrors my own largely is that both recreationally and professionally you've gone from big to small correct like the how long is it your your angus row cruiser is it 19
2: it's uh, 18 and a half feet yeah
1: i mean i'm rounding up like you know yeah sure
2: yeah and as
1: feet. we do uh yeah. uh so Tell me about that. Like, why? What led you to smaller boats?
2: Um, It's um, well, the one I'm building at the uh, the 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 sole reason I built the road cruiser was for the race to Alaska, Um, and for me, it was always something that I wanted to do and something that I built myself. I could buy a boat over there. Do it up and all that stuff, you know. Am I, uh, what is it? Your Craigslist uh, is full of little boats for sale. Yeah, uh, that you could convert. And I, I thought about that for a couple of times, but I always came back to no. I did. I build and see. I build and design this thing. <laughs> Coffee with a smile. What do you know? <laughs> um, So I built Scraftach for the race to Alaska. When shipping it over to Seattle was dirt cheap. We're talking about pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, right? pre-Yemeni pirates, right. Well, you know, enough said, really. Um, exactly. So um, I was, you know, I, I I talked to a transport company, and it was basically very cheap to do And I'm going, like, I'm going to build this thing, and I'm going to do the race with my own build boats. That, of course, COVID hit. And after that, I've been sort of waiting for transport parts to come down. They haven't still haven't you know so but now it's kind of like if i don't do it now i'm never going to get to do it so it's it's now basically i'm going i don't care what it does i've got a little sponsorship for it so that helps me out a little bit of the cost um so but also then so the um so Scotland was always for the race to alaska and to be honest i can't really afford to ship it back so any wow. listeners who, who want to buy a a, a prize winning, uh, hopefully, race to Alaska boat after after the you know after Ketchikan, they might be welcome to it. So and I, then so I, I am I I am going
1: to say like I uh, I regret to inform you like the the market for Angus road cruisers in Ketchikan <laughs> is fairly limited.
2: Yeah, no, I know that. That's okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, the market for anything in Catchy Cat is fairly limited. No, no, I'm going to take it back first. That's okay. But uh, after that is uh, the the newer older building is also about the same length, but more of a, uh, like a more, uh, it's a John Wellsford design. Which one? Uh, uh, the uh, Long Steps. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. yeah. No. Again, a, sl- a slow process because of at the moment I'm I'm busy with with the race to Alaska. But um, long, long steps
1: is is the is the stretched version of the Wellsford Traveler, correct? Is,
2: uh, no, yes, the uh, Pathfinder Navigator, 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 Navigator. Navigator. sorry, you know right, one yes. of those two. Mm. Correct, and that's I love that boat because you can still do multi-day trips on it. But to me, the defining factor is it's the biggest boat I can have. That I don't have to pay registration for. Because, okay. um, you know, you don't have to put it in a marina. You don't have to pay registration. And once it sits on a trailer, you know, or you got it, I mean, you got it kind of lying in the backyard. It doesn't cost you any. You know what I mean? So I totally get I, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sick of, I was sick of like mooring fees, harbor fees, marina fees, and all that stuff. Insurance. Uh, you know, I'll have barely insurance on it because guess who's repairing it when I bump it? It's me. I'm a shipwreck. not me.
1: I'm not doing it. I'm not signing up for that, Derek.
2: <laughs> you don't have to. I've been repairing other people's boats for the last 40 years.
1: Derek, how long have you lived in Australia?
2: Uh, permanently since 2000. Christmas 2000, to be exact.
1: Okay. We're going to do some Australian questions. Fire away. Uh how long did it take for you to get used to the toilets
2: flushing in that direction? They don't. What? What direction are they flush well, in? To be honest, I never che- I never check.
1: Cool guys <laughs> don't look at explosions or the way <laughs> the toilets flush. Sure,
2: <laughs> fair. Something like that. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, this is a question from this is a question from Jesse, the race boss. Yeah. Uh, so between. Uh, How long? How much time passed between when the documentary was released, when Crocodile Dundee ended up on your money?
2: Um, (laughs) how how do you mean? I (laughs) was what? Oh right, it's not. Yeah, no. What you mean? Actually, printed on on notes. On on your notes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it hasn't. No, no. No. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we actually well. more expected it to be on American bank notes, to be perfectly honest. And fair. That That's fair. Happened. Well, I'll I'll pass yeah. that on to Jesse. Because it was it was very much made for the Australian market. Because for the sorry for the American market, because most Australians cringe find it cringeworthy.
1: <laughs> Crease or cringe.
2: Cringe. yeah, great worthy, yes.
1: Right, like how many that's sheep much. did you walk on to get to your living room this morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, you don't have no. to answer that
1: question. We, we yeah, you are not enough. obligated to answer any sheep-related <laughs> questions in Australia. Yeah, that's not. That's, that's a that's a courtesy here, we extend to our Australian Australian friends.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's that's I can I can I can appreciate that. I can't relate to it, but I can appreciate it. <laughs>
1: So, I have now have a multiple choice question. Uh, mm-hmm. You are a cre- an incredibly experienced adventurer and sailor. Uh, you've been thinking about the race to Alaska since 2015, apparently. Yeah. Um What keeps you up at night about your entry into the race to Alaska? A, Seymour Narrows. B, Bears. Or that... Global warming will increase the rate of sea level rise and atmospheric events so that in 20 years' time, the Earth's surface is an unrecognizable hellscape <laughs> only able to support a fraction of the humans who are now alive.
2: Seymour Narrows.
3: <laughs>
2: that's such an Australian answer. I love that. And and that's after I've actually been through there. I, I mentioned before the trip that Heather and I did in the boat there. We've been through Seymour Narrows. I've been there, you know, at Slack tight. And it was fine, and it's still. I know what it can be like. Simonero's business nah, not so much. It, it, I've got a boat that can anchor off and I can sleep in, so I'm pretty safe. And the rest is way too long to answer to. Okay, <laughs> great, yeah, All
1: right, mm. Derek. Uh, imagine yourself in Ketchikan. You're on the dock. You've just finished. What is the thing that are you so you're so happy? that you brought with you because it made the
2: difference uh ketchup minus yes that's (laughs) you you know what that is yeah i do yeah oh there you go that that's that's it that makes everything taste good uh
1: okay you're still on the dock and catch can you're you're thinking like thank god i made it uh other than like the How recently and the number of times that you've been rescued, uh, like, what are the things that you are thankful that we didn't know about
2: you when you applied? Oh, God. Uh, I think. Didn't know about. I'm not sure, because like I said, I've been there. I've been reading about it long enough. Um, I think. The weather, um, the weather comes to mind, but I've been in bad weather in small boats, you know. So I know it's going to scare the living daylights out of me, but I can handle it, you know. I, I made the boat so that it, the sails are easily reefable and all that stuff. So that's not it. So,
1: have you slept in the little coffin
2: cabin yet? I ha- I ha- I have to, I have to admit, I have not yet.
1: I don't. Have
2: a... Oh, will you promise me you won't until the first day. <laughs> now that, that might be your answer to your question. I've got five bucks.
1: If you don't do it, like I will, I will, I will give you a five crisp Abraham
2: Lincoln, but it's when you, right, right. you come to the court and shores. Okay. I will not, because like I said, it goes, <laughs> it goes in a crate in two weeks time. So, and I do my last sea trials on on coming Sunday uh sea trials it's more like uh for a couple of promotion shots and stuff so So, for um, for
1: those for those listeners who are listening like the the coffin cabin like the angus row cruiser it's 18 and a half feet long the cockpit's in the middle the cabin of sorts is a sliding hatch thing in the bow that has like i'm not sure you can have your elbows up and roll over in there like it's like if your nose is too long you're going to need to put, like, a little Easter egg, like, attachment, like, cutout, right? Like, you're
2: going to need a hole. Correct. However, I've got a little custom-made mattress in there, and it is super comfortable. Sure. All right. Yeah. So, and it's all sort of, you know, water-resistant, for want of a better word. So So, sure. um, I mean, I have – to come back maybe to an earlier question, what I wasn't – Mostly, fully aware of. I think I'm not fully aware of how wet things are going to be. They're going to get so wet, Derek. Oh my gosh (laughs) They're going to get so wet, and how wet and miserable at times it might be. I think that's something that will be a whole different experience. But again, the
1: water is cold up here. It never dries out. It's uh, it's not.
2: I mean, I've never wore a dry suit in my life before until now.
1: Yeah, Is is that your plan to wear a dry suit?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, and I've got uh, I uh, Zike, which is a Australian sailing gear company. I found the thickest gloves they have. They're re- they're ridiculous. But, you know, and that with a with a I got a, scu- a scuba hood on on top of yeah. the dry suit and then a rain jacket over the top of that. I refuse to get cold. But all will be revealed no doubt.
1: Okay, we, uh, Derek, it, we have one more section here, which is uh, I call the totally unfair either or questions. Okay. Where you have to uh, answer either one or the other. Would you rather have the current with you or the wind with you?
2: Uh, oh, God. Um, current. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Weird, yeah. Current, yes, definitely. In a small Less, boat, lesser. that makes
1: sense, because if you have the current against yeah. you and the wind with you... The,
2: no, it's... Your yeah. Bed's exactly. Wet. Yeah, because everything is wet. So, and not because yes. you were
1: nervous, but because, like, it's wet.
2: That's right. I've actually tried that here in Morton Bay. Sometimes we can have strong currents in certain places. Yes, current, for sure. sure.
1: Would you rather finish the race or have a good time?
2: Ooh, tricky one. Uh... No, I need to finish this. Well, yeah, I'd still like to think I can combine the two somewhere in the middle. So, uh, <laughs> oh, God. No, I would i finish the race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Would you rather not have quite enough food during the race or have to eat rehydrated food for two weeks after you get home?
3: <laughs>
2: uh, eight eight. Eat rehydrated food for two weeks after I get home. Yeah, that's a hard I'm, one. for I'm not sure I. Well, can I've, ex- I've oh. actually done. I've actually done that. Really? Where, where I oversupplied for a trip, and then I got back, and now I got to eat that stuff. But like, it's I, kind of I, I did
1: that in my 20s when I worked for
2: Outward Bound because I was dead ass broke. But like, when was the last yeah, time I, you did that? Well, you say you did it in your 20s, but I mean, my body is 62 years old, but. The mind yeah, fair, is still, right. you know.
1: You're, you're emotionally fact, a 12-year-old.
2: right? That, exactly. The fact that I'm sitting here talking to you tells the whole story.
1: <laughs> we can smell our own, sir. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, would you rather have blisters on your hands or blisters on your ass?
2: Well, I've had blisters on my ass when I cycled across the Dullabore Desert in Australia, so I had that.
1: I don't need to pry I, into your personal life, Derek. I'm just making okay, no, the an answer. I,
2: I, have, I have no secrets. Um, Let me see. Blisters on my hands because I'm not rowing anyway, so I can deal with that. Sure. Last one. $10,000 or steak knives? Well, $10,000, obviously, because this cost me an arm and a leg, so I could do it. <laughs> you know?
1: I love it. It's mercenary. It's practical. It's fantastic. Yeah. Derek, we're at the end of our time and probably more so. Cause I just, I just have enjoyed talking to you so much, sir. Um, yeah. Thanks for signing up for the race. Thanks for being part of this community from the beginning, like from yeah. you know following along, but like how great for you to show up with your newly minted boat with the so, of that new boat smell, uh, <laughs> I feel like I want I want you to put it like one of those like you know when you go to a cheap hotel and they're like san on the toilet they're like sanitized for your protection. I want that on the hatch of your <laughs> under your tablet, just so I know that it hasn't been tampered with.
2: Hey listen, at the end of this, I just want to mention a couple of names of people that have been really helpful for me so far. Please do Shay Baker in Port Orchard, the guy has been patiently listening to me trying for the last five, six years trying to get there. And he's been helping me, you know, with everything and being supportive and stuff. And he's going to help me when I get there. Shane is like an awesome blog. And then a couple of people that on this side of the Pacific that jumped in as a sponsor, are Carter Marine Services in Cairns, Um, the Rivergate Shipyard, and especially uh, my boss, Sam Bowman, from uh, Gateway Marine Shipwrights. They all jumped on the bandwagon with a bit of help here and there, and all that stuff. So that's good. Um, there's still there's still space on my boat for stickers if anybody's interested.
1: So what does go. a sticker cost? What's what's a sponsorship run?
2: Uh depends on the size of the sticker, but on average, about a thousand bucks. Okay. Yeah, you know, which is still a fraction of what I've been spending so far, but you know, any little bit helps.
1: Derek, thanks so much for like hanging out tonight. I, I I or this morning for you. Um, I look very much look forward to speaking with you and meeting you in person. I'll see you there. Best of luck with your preparations. We'll see you soon.
0: All right. Well, Jake, uh, have you personally ever done any trips in an Angus row cruiser? No, but I've watched several people do it. Does it look
1: like? a really good way to cruise on the water. I mean, yeah, I, I actually think it's a cool boat. Uh-huh. It's a brilliant design. It moves through the water really nice. I And I remember the first year of Race to Alaska, Colin Angus actually entered in a row cruiser and had an autopilot set up. So we, like he was like, we were going by this little, what are they, like 19 feet long or something mm-hmm. like that? He was like eating a sandwich as he like he sailed along the first day out of Victoria. It was cool, but it feels a, great. It's a cozy way to go, totally. I I I look back at the pantheon of folks who have attempted
0: the road cruiser and race to Alaska. There are many who did not make it all the way, but are pining to get back. Yeah. In that same boat. It'll be a rough trip in a
1: boat that small, but it's a cool boat. Shout out to Doug Shoup.
4: Shoup.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the next team. That would be Team Juvenile Delinquents. Yes, it's true. Our next team on the podcast is yet another youth team captained by 16-year-old Dagny Kruger.
1: Uh that's they're, pretty they're not on parole though, right? This is a, this is actually okay.
0: You know I actually didn't ask. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. The name suggests it. That...
0: Okay, delinquents. Here we are. You all certainly through the Zoom look like varying levels of delinquents. You should be, uh, I don't know, in school. I don't want to lay on too heavy, the fact that you're all quite young, but you are. So let's get that out of the way. Um, You are spread out between ages 15 and 19. And uh, how old were you each independently when you decided you want to do Race to Alaska?
3: I'd say 14 for me. Started thinking about it my freshman year.
0: All right, Dagny. So, obviously, your dad uh, has a long history of the race to Alaska. so You've known about it since the get go. And Bryce, how about you?
5: Yeah, I first i I've heard about it for a while. I don't know exactly um, with the where it first you know popped into my circle, but I, I feel like in maybe um, sophomore year of high school, it kind of was like became something like, oh, that's like, fiz- like it's feasibly possible but I could do that someday. And I think, you know, I started talking to a couple of my friends and it pretty quickly, I think once they realized what it entailed, you know, like sleeping in a cold, wet boat for potentially over a week, I think it became clear that really there was, there was nobody else in my circle at that time that was unfortunately going to be interested in it, but, you know, kept it in the back of my brain.
0: That's pretty, that's an interesting point. I, I, that is one thing I want to get back to is, uh, is about where the four of you kind of stand in relation to other people your age and why Mm -hmm. the hell are you doing this? And other people are not, but first I want to, I want to get through Elsa. What, uh, at what point did you uh, switch on to the race to Alaska thing?
4: I've definitely known about the race for a while. However, it wasn't until the summer, which I, like last summer, which I actually thought, you know what, maybe, I could do this and there weren't enough people on the boat and i asked agni hey do you need another person i'd be interested in it didn't quite work out then so i was like i didn't really think about it again until Dagny came and was like hey elsa do you want to do this now and i was like yes and that's when i was offered to be on the boat was when i really first started thinking about oh yeah i'm doing this now
3: yay
0: gonna <laughs> kind of just happened and mm-hmm. And it came Just
3: upon
0: And uh, last but not least, Willow, tell us your your evolution here.
6: Um, I've known about the race for a while. And I always thought like, wow, that would be really cool. That's something I could see myself doing. But it wasn't really a possibility until Bryce reached out and said, hey, we're trying to put a team together. Dagny's definitely the mastermind behind it all. But um, I'd say this last summer, Bryce hit me up and said, hey, we're doing this. Sign up <laughs> or else.
0: <laughs> awesome. And so the four of you... Have you done uh, a lot of sailing together? as much as we'd like
3: right. Um I know we've all done a lot of sailing separately, and a lot of us hadn't really sailed together. I know me and Elsa have sailed together, um but until we realized we were going to be on this team together, and that's the point when we really started coming together and practicing. But since then we've definitely um done a bunch of races and practices together.
0: and that's on the boat you're going to be using.
3: uh yeah, it is now.
0: Tell us a little bit about that boat.
3: Well, we ended up with this boat because it was $3,000 and not very far away.
5: Hey, for once, you know, I, I constantly check Craigslist, right, for all the amazing deals. Uh-huh. And um, I will say that for once, it kind of paid off. And <laughs> I, I saw this thing and brought it up with Dagny and Carl. Uh-huh. And um, here we are. So you guys can blame me if, you know, it cracks in half or... <laughs>
0: So it's a Carrera 290 for anyone who has no idea what that means. Uh, can we get the bullet points? Like what is, what is the Carrera and what's it, what's its strengths?
3: Right. That's a super shallow load of the water, um, boat. It's shaped kind of like a sled, very light on its feet, not very much draft, um, a little bit more on the delicate side, um, goes super well downwind, upwind pretty well. Uh can definitely take conditions, but, um, handle carefully.
5: I would say, I mean, people, people might be pretty familiar with an Olsen 30. Um, and I, I, it kind of seems to be, I've never sailed on an Olsen 30, but it seems like a more modern Olsen 30. In a lot of ways, it's a pretty similar displacement, pretty similar length, just like a much more modern kind of cockpit layout. And, um, you know, um, has a, has a pole for an asymmetrical kite and that kind of deal. That's yeah. like my understanding.
0: Now you're going to be on this thing four of you for several days, at least, is it, have any level of comfort this boat?
6: Not yet. We're still working (laughs) on that. (laughs) You're not.
0: (laughs) Willow, you, uh, so are you be talking, uh, beanbag chairs
6: recliners actually four recliners. different recliners
0: oh is this own. uh juvenile delinquents uh the lazy boy sponsored team is, that what yeah, is? pretty much
6: <laughs> perfect
4: like you know those like big comfy massage chairs we could have a couple of those you know uh-huh. a grill
0: yeah i think yeah. that's the way, that's the way to do it you get a sled a go fast sled and you put a bunch of weight on it
3: yeah so, exactly yeah, so go fast <laughs> to get these boats off their lines.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) I want to go back to that question of, okay, there's a lot of youth who don't do anything like this. And Bryce, you said that uh, some people might've looked at you sideways when you started talking about what you want to do. So looking at yourselves, what, what do you think it is about you that's compelling you to do this? When you look around your, your schoolmates, you're not seeing in them.
6: I think especially in Bellingham, it like, I mean, I can't speak for people who live on an island, but sailing's kind of a lesser <laughs> a lesser sport. There aren't, it, it isn't as popular, especially in like high school and middle school. Um, and I just, I was very um, lucky to be raised in a family that had boats and was sailing. So there's something that my parents definitely um, helped me get into. I was in the yacht, I raced for the yacht club when I was younger, and then I got into the high school team and I would I would say out of the people on the high school team, there was definitely a lot of interest in it, but not a lot of actual action, mm-hmm. and that's where Dagny and Bryce come in, where they're like, "We're we're doing this," because <laughs> a lot of people have talked about it and said that would be something that we're interested in, but there's no follow through, and these guys pulled it together.
0: There's a lot of opportunities for you know high school sailing teams racing around buoys. Do you feel like there's a disconnect when it comes to a bigger adventure race like this, like the people you sail with on those race circuits, are they doing these longer trips? Are they going on expeditions? I
5: personally am not a fan of buoy racing. I think, I I agree that I think there is a disconnect because it's like, I, this is just bigger picture. I think it's, you're like, it's understood, like in buoy racing, it's like, you can break stuff. You can like, you're, it's, it's short term, you know, it's like putting it all out you know, right at the get go, if you break stuff, stuff of expensive, you know, it's like, then you fix it when you get back to the dock. But for like, this kind of thing, you can't, you're not coming back to the dock to fix it. Um, You just can't. And um, I I think to me, that sounds that, you know, it adds um, more layers of complexity and like, you know, kind of like mental challenge that I think is more interesting.
3: Mm -hmm. It's definitely a lot less exposure in dinghy racing it requires like a lot less familiarity with what's going on around you. You can just hop in the boat for a day, and if, you're, if your partner knows what they're doing, then basically you have to do is sit there and pull the lines. But for longer distance races, you really need the understanding of what's going around you. I think there's also
4: a matter of, well, a bit of what Dagny said, where dinghy racing is like a day. Like you go out for a day and you race and you come back, and you're not on the boat 24-7. It's not this big, long thing. And I feel like I know a lot of people who, like, they're currently on the, like, Orca's team, on the San Juan team. They're really good racers, but they aren't really thinking about sailing in college. They aren't going to do sailing as a big thing. They're just there to race. Like some people just play basketball just to play a sport. And so I feel like that's sort of where the difference between doing it just to play a sport and actually being interested in it is because if you're actually on a big boat, sailing on a big boat, that's like a lifestyle choice opposed to just being on a team.
0: That's a good point. So a lifestyle choice is this. um, Would you all say that race to Alaska is just a step on a ladder to something else? Like uh, for a lot of people, race to Alaska kind of becomes the The pinnacle. Not to say that it's stopping anyone from continuing on, but um, Dagny, you're sitting there already in a sailboat. You spent a lot of your life on a sailboat already. A few of you have. Are you looking towards uh, ocean cruising? Are you Are you all gonna get out of high school and vanish? We'll never see you again.
3: It's definitely a distinct possibility.
0: (laughs) Just Dagny. Anybody else?
5: I'm always looking at boats to buy on Craigslist and. But definitely, I mean, I would like to spend some serious time. I think, you know, like not necessarily sailing, but adventuring. Um, And I think sailing is definitely going to be a big piece of that puzzle.
0: Bryce, there are other places to buy sailboats than Craigslist. I just want you to know that. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
5: I don't think I need any more encouragement.
0: Uh, Speaking of encouragement, are your parents terrified? Are any of them terrified? I mean, there's there's several parents in the mix. How, how is that relationship going? Was there anything that you needed to prove to them before <laughs> they kind of gave their blessing?
3: My dad's definitely been super supportive of this from the beginning. As you know, he's definitely more of the adventurous type. <laughs> and my mom's a little more scared for me, of course, but she's also been super supportive, mm-hmm. which is, I really appreciate.
4: Mine was, especially my mom, um, definitely would Like, they're going to be worried while I do this. And there are things which they definitely think like, I still need to do in order to be ready to do it. When I was offered to be on this team, I asked them and my mom was just like, yeah, I'm terrified, but this is an amazing thing. This might, or this is going to be like one of the best, most important experiences of your life so far. I'm not stopping you from doing this. I just want to make sure you're prepared.
6: I think my parents had a similar approach where initially they were really freaked out by the idea, but then they realized that this would be a really cool opportunity to advance my sailing skills and experience. and they will continue to be scared, but I think they're kind of just putting on a brave face and not really, not really talking about it because they don't want to psych me out too much, which I
5: really appreciate.
0: And Bryce, you're sitting here, you're looking at me like uh, you didn't even, you they don't even know. Is that right? Your parents don't even know at this point.
5: Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I am 19, right. so it's like, there's not a lot that they can do, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, they're, they're stoked for me. They're, they're both, you know, people, you know, they've done a lot of adventures and it's like, how could they, how could they say no? How could this happen? I think that? I'm sure, you know, I mean my my mom is, of course, stressed out, understandably, but it's like so mm. it goes. So the trip north, do you have a do you
0: have a target for how long you want to be on the water?
3: Um, I'm hoping around a week. Um, I definitely prepared for it to be longer than that though.
0: And you're gonna be, I mean, you're gonna be gunning it 24 hours a day, I imagine. Um are you are you training for with each other? uh on some night trips before you go
3: um we're gonna get the pipe berths and a bilge pump in before we do overnights but before the race we're definitely gonna do some overnight trainings
0: what do you want to be known for in the in the pantheon of race to alaska racers it's probably not for being young what what would you like people look at your team and say boy that
5: team was blank i mean I kind of don't care. Like I'm kind of doing this for myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, okay.
0: I mean, anybody can sail to Alaska, right? You could do it with or without the race. You're doing it with the race. So that tells me there's, there's some mm-hmm. piece of you that, that wants other people to
5: see what you've done. I think it's more so that I don't, I can't procrastinate it. Yeah. Like That's I'm the like deadline. the, you know, the rest of these three seem to be, but I'm, I'm definitely probably the least competitive person in this team, which, you know, cool like um, I'm here to support them but like
3: it's for it's
5: just I'm you know yeah go ahead Dagny.
3: I was just gonna say it's made for some funny instances we'll be in a race and we'll be over here like come on we got to beat this boat in front of us and Bryce is just sitting over there like oh my gosh the sun's so pretty <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that'll be an interesting thing to work out those crew dynamics on board the boat as you're talking about earlier it's not the same thing as going out to a regatta on a Saturday you're gonna be in a tight space with each other for a week, do you have any concerns that you're going to start throwing each other overboard or disagree about what kind of freeze dried food you want to eat for dinner?
3: Um, hopefully, we'll all be able to be kind of mature enough to work through that. And if we're having problems with each other, say like this is so and so's time to like take a break, go off watch, take a nap, or we're just gonna you just pedal. We're going to listen to some music and not talk for a minute. I don't know Bryce too
4: well. I don't know Willow too well, but I've known Dagny for a long time. We haven't always been friends on the best of terms, but I've known her long enough that like we've made up and like, I trust her at this point. I know, like I have argued with her. Sometimes I still argue with her, but it's just more of a fun thing. So like, if she says we're doing this, as long as it, like isn't a super bad idea in my mind i'm fine with it i'll
0: listen well i know you all have very busy lives so i'm gonna let you go now is there any last words that you'd like to leave the fans with
3: for sure yeah um we definitely couldn't have gotten this far without uh, sponsors they've been so helpful to us in our uh poor little lives and to our, everyone who's donated on our gofundme too just to our sponsors and donors thank you so much
0: I look forward to seeing you out there on the water and doing what you do. So good luck in all of your training and we'll see you in a few months.
4: Thank you. Susan. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I can't believe like how many years we've we done this so far seven? seven. Like, and we've, I, when we started this thing, who did, how many high school teams have we had now? This is the second one. Second one. And that's crazy like who would have thought that would have possible
0: you know spoiler alert there's gonna be another one this year too what yeah good it's pretty great um well what a what a cool thing to happen with the race who knows where this thing's gonna go
1: i mean it's such a different way to be unproductive than what i did when i was their age
0: well if you are young and listening to the podcast applications are still
1: live so go for it yeah cut math class do the race to alaska
5: Race to Alaska is a project
0: of the Northwest Maritime Center in Port Washington. To learn about our other projects or how you can support them, please visit us online at nwmaritime.org.